Good day, everyone, and welcome to All Things Real Estate, brought to you by the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island, serving participants in Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Brooklyn. I'm your host today, Tricia Cherko. I'm the Marketing and Communication Director for the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island and the Long Island Board of Realtors. And today, my guest is Steve Probst with Fairway Independent Mortgage Corp located in Hop Hog. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Trish. Um, today, we're going to talk about mortgages. Many times our buyers are going to need a mortgage to finance their property. And I brought in the expert to educate all of us on the process and to talk to us a little bit about mortgage types, the different kind of products and options our consumers have when finding that home of their dreams. And Steve, how about, well, let's take a moment and tell me a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I think that's probably an important question, why people should listen to me. <laughs> um, well, I started in the business 31 years ago. Um, I've served thousands of, of uh, consumers purchasing homes and looking to finance them. And uh, I've written uh, for national mortgage publications over the years. I've spoken to uh, many mortgage banking association conferences as the keynote speaker. And uh, most recently, I was the national sales manager for Fairway Independent Mortgage, which is a very large national lender. Great. Um, I would say, yes, this makes him the expert. So we're going to start the podcast with a, a question. When should a buyer contact a mortgage professional to either get pre-approved or pre-qualified uh, when they start shopping and looking for a home? That's probably the most important question that uh, the consumer today should be paying attention to. And the reason I say that is because there are so many hurdles and challenges to have to go over in the very beginning of uh, getting mortgage financing. And it's due to the regulatory environment since the financial collapse that uh, created a lot of foreclosures and um, uh, short sales and mortgage modifications. So now, we really have to double cross our T's and double dot our I's to make sure that the consumer has the ability to repay their mortgage. Okay, so has um, all of uh, those uh, that say additional criteria that uh, purchases may have to go through to get a mortgage, is that has that extended the length of time from when someone applies for a mortgage to when they would be getting a commitment and um, if so, how could they uh, speed that process up? Because everybody finds that house and wants to be True. in right away. Well, the good news is um, over the last 10 years, technology has improved the mortgage industry tremendously, which has sped up the process considerably. Um, however, having said that, if you don't have all your ducks in a row when you're going to finance a home, then it does take a little longer and the challenges can can uh, present themselves if you don't do the work up front. Got it. And that brings me to a very important subject and topic, and that is what is the difference? What do we need to tell our uh, uh, buyers that are shopping out there? What is the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? Because a lot of people get confused 
with what those those documents mean um, when they're shopping for a home and maybe very true could, could, so a pre-qualification is when the consumer calls a mortgage professional and they just tell them what their situation is regarding their income their assets their credit and those kinds of things and then the mortgage professional will make a determination on what the consumer can afford based on just the discussion and that's where the problems sometimes happen so the better way of doing it is to gather all the proper documentation up front mm -hmm. which is for the most part tax returns w-2s pay stubs um, that kind of stuff and get it to the mortgage professional so that they can actually analyze all of the documentation the support doc documentation even if it's a year before you're going to purchase a home you will be able to determine what kind of challenges you could potentially face and it will eliminate a lot of the challenges once you find that dream home and you want to move quickly at that point the consumer will be in a in a good position to move very quickly okay so the pre the pre-qualification is just a verbal commitment if i have this right pre-qualification when a consumer talks to a mortgage professional and just verbally says this is what we make this is what we've made in past years uh, this is what we think our credit is our credit score is this is um, uh, what our debt is, et cetera, et cetera. And then the mortgage prof professional is able to come up with some figures with what that uh, consumer feels comfortable, uh, what price range looking in and what that monthly payment should be to be able to uh, get a mortgage for that property. So that's a pre-qualification. Now, pre-approval, when you have a pre-approval letter from a lender, and a buyer is shopping. That, from what I'm hearing from you, is that uh, the documentation's already been presented, verified, analyzed. Correct. And that's exactly what needs to happen. Because there are challenges that the consumer may not even be aware of in their tax returns or the way their employer is, is actually reporting their income. There may be large deposits uh, that they can't explain in their bank statements. There are all different kinds of things. If, if the person is not a citizen of the United States, there are challenges there. There are de definitely all kinds of things that can, can present in the, in the challenge, and we can overcome them just by doing it early. Right. One thing you didn't mention with all of those things was credit. Okay, the credit report gets pulled, which is the smartest thing I guess a, a consumer a buyer can do to stay ahead of any discrepancies that they might find on that report. And the earlier in this game that they uh, go into this process, uh, the, the, the longer you'll have to maybe remedy or correct these things. Is that something, does the mortgage professional that a buyer is working with, are they in charge of correcting anything that comes up um, on a credit report? That's an excellent question and I will tell you first of all when you're going out and shopping for a mortgage you should determine who you're going to utilize first and then allow that person to pull your credit. Do not go around allowing anyone and everyone to pull your credit because that can potentially present problems. So you're best off deciding who you're going to deal with. Okay. Then after that um, yes, there are there are things that 
that pop up on credit reports that people are totally unaware of. Some of it could be misinformation. Some of it can be actual honest information. And we can determine whether we can help you internally to fix whatever's wrong, or we can send you to a credit specialist who that's all they do. Because our job really is to get the consumer a mortgage, not to repair their credit or to fix any, um, any misinformation on their credit right. report. We have people that we refer that are credit specialists and who that we trust and we know can get the job done for a reasonable price. Excellent. Um, let's move on to uh, the subject of the different types of mortgages. Uh, perhaps you could uh, go down the list. I know there's, there's several different types uh, that consumers can consider taking uh, to finance their property. Could you run sure. down that so list for me? In today's environment, um, there are several popular mortgages. Um, for the first time home buyer, it would be the Sony May mortgage. The Sony May Mortgage is a state of New York mortgage agency uh, that provides the financing. And they're, uh, they are definitely good for first time home buyers, and only a first time home buyer can do it. And even if you've owned a home in the past, as long as you haven't owned a home in the last three years or claimed any interest deduction on your tax return, you are considered a first time home buyer. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that myself. Yeah. So, three years of mm -hmm. having no attachment to a property okay it's, it's almost as if you're a first-time home buyer again correct if down the road after that fact um, and you could qualify for a sony may mortgage correct and there are several programs inside sony may that could be utilized different ways however it really requires a mortgage professional to be able to determine which mortgage program is best for you and lots of times people get themselves into mortgages and realize quickly that they chose the wrong program. So it's important. The second uh, probably highest utilized loan for uh, first time home buyers now is the FHA mortgage. And there is a myth out there that 20% is required, 20% down payment is required to purchase a home today. That has not changed in as long as I've been in mortgage financing, 31 years. It's the lowest you can put down is 3%. And in some cases, you can do 100% financing. Wow. So um, it just depends upon the program that's chosen. And in the 100% category is the VA mortgage. And the VA mortgage is an excellent, excellent um, opportunity for anyone who's served the country. And Trish, if you noticed, I came in today with a red shirt, a bright red shirt on. In our, um, in our culture at Fairway, we want to always honor the men and women who serve our country. So our culture, we wear red every Friday to remember everyone deployed. That's fantastic. So what then, a great idea. there are other well, with the so with the VA again, a, a VA mortgage can be financed up to a hundred percent. Is only available to those uh, people that have served in in some capacity of the armed forces. That's correct. Okay, and they can also include uh, um, their closing costs into the mortgage as well. Do you have to go to a special lender to get a VA mortgage or do you know somebody who has their uh, ability to do VA mortgages and understands VA mortgages because a lot of there are a lot of um, myths and hurdles using a VA mortgage because a lot of um, real estate agents don't understand the VA program when they hear that the, the veteran is getting a hundred percent financing plus 
all their closing costs put into the mortgage, it gets worrisome. And I want to make sure people understand, even though it doesn't require any money, they do have to have an earnest money deposit, usually somewhere in the five to $10,000 range to put down on a contract because no seller is going to take their home off the market for any significant period of time without having the earnest money deposit. And it will be returned to them after at closing. Certainly not in this market. Right. Uh, that's that's so hot. Okay, so what other type of mortgages uh, besides the VA, FHA, and Sony Mae? Well, then, of course, we have the old standby standard of the conventional mortgage, which is uh, which probably is the most utilized uh, mortgage today in the country. It's the cheapest way of doing loans. It's uh, and it's not just necessarily for people who have a lot of money. It's not we we can do mortgages conventionally with as little as three percent down. So um, it's it's just another another tool. We also um, uh, have to think about adjustable rate mortgages yes. and the adjustable rate mortgages also are in every one of those categories. All the different mortgage products that I talked about off offer the adjustable rate with an adjustable rate um how how often is there a standard of how often the rate um fluctuates and what typically is it related to well there's uh, several uh, adjustable rate mortgages they go from a one-year adjustable uh, to a three-year a five-year seven-year and ten-year so that means let's just talk about the 10-year adjustable so that means you'll have a fixed rate for 10 years and then on the, the end of the 10th year it will start to adjust based on a, a margin and an index which um, is determined when you actually get the so, mortgage so a good point would be make sure if you go the route of an adjustable rate mortgage which may or may not be suited to uh, your financial needs make sure you you understand the terms of of that mortgage since it isn't a lock-in like say a conventional and the other ones that you describe where it's this is what the mortgage right, is going to rate. be and that's it on a fixed rate you're going to want to know how is this going up and down how is this going to and it, but again you work with your mortgage professional to determine what is uh, our plan and what is the best product for us on this particular purchase. And on an adjustable rate, it's important to understand that um, in this low interest rate environment, and they are historically low right now, um, it's a product that's used for somebody who knows that they're only going to be in the home for a certain amount of time. Okay. And and some very sophisticated buyers like to use the adjustable rate mortgage because they know even if they are going to stay in the house for a certain period of time, uh, longer than the, the adjustments, they will refinance again and use another adjustable. So that's how they usually typically do it. Okay. Um, so say I, um, would all these mortgages, conventional, adjustable, all the ones that we've spoken about, are they good for uh, all levels of, of uh, price ranges of homes? What I mean is if I fall in love with a home that's a million dollars and I'm, uh, I need to borrow 800000 of that to finance it, would I qualify? Would I be uh, talking to my mortgage professional about any of these, or is there something unique to that market, something different? Yes. Um, so typically, when uh, wealthier people are shopping for homes, 
they're going to get what's known as a jumbo mortgage. And the cutoff is $636,150. So $636,150 changes to a, uh, a jumbo mortgage. And typically, those buyers have to put down a much higher down payment. There are some that allow 10%. Um, there are, but for the most part, they're gonna put 20% or more down on those types of mortgages. Okay. And then, then there is also um, another mortgage that's available that really is, is important for seniors to understand, which is the reverse mortgage for purchases. Now that's a, a very complicated mortgage and it's not time for this particular podcast to go into okay. it. Uh, there's a lot of myths and misunderstandings about reverse mortgages and how good or bad they are, but they're a very worthy, worthwhile opportunity for seniors to really consider when they're purchasing a home. And with that, when, you, when they're purchasing a home and selling the home that they currently reside in, that's when a reverse mortgage could be a solution? That's An correct. Option? Yep, that, that's correct. That that's one of the scenarios. One of the scenarios. Yeah, there are many scenarios. And, and again, the reverse mortgage is a podcast for itself. Okay, So uh, I hope that seniors, though, start to just understand that it is a very, very important financial planning tool that more savvy consumers are starting to realize and financial planners and, and accountants are starting to direct their their clients into considering it. Great. And again, on something like that, make the call to your mortgage professional and find out more before you, you sign or do anything. Absolutely. And there are, just important to know, um, it's a reverse mortgage specialist that has to answer those questions oh, okay. because it's a totally different animal than the forward mortgage space. And the same with VA mortgages. Um, I happen to have um, my designation for both types of mortgages. I'm a, a military mortgage specialist and a reverse mortgage specialist, as well as all the other types of mortgages. That, that's an excellent, an excellent point, a tip uh, for our listeners to consider their specialists in these different areas of mortgages. And uh, not all mortgage professionals are the same. Same thing like with real estate, many of our realtors, as you would know, Steve, um, have designations that uh, they've taken the time to take their profession up a notch and specialize either in as a senior specialist, a realtor that's a senior specialist, or a realtor that is certified in dealing with buyer uh, with buyer representation and things like that. Commercial, Absolutely. we have the whole commercial realtor uh, division. That's their specialty. So, uh, listeners. It's smart if you fall into one of these niche categories, look for uh, a mortgage professional that's certified in that to ensure that you're getting uh, uh, the best service out there. There's another mortgage that we didn't touch on too that I think is worthy for people to hear about, especially on Long Island with all the homes that were damaged in Hurricane Sandy and uh, different situations with foreclosures and short sales where the homes need uh, some help in, in uh, with you know, repair, repair okay. and, and uh, up, upgrades and things like that. Um, there's uh, renovation loans that you can purchase a home with a renovation with renovation financing. Now I am not a renovation specialist. There are many in the field and renovation specialists are uh, really good to speak to. I know several of them and I usually refer my my uh, my transactions out to a renovation specialist. But something to consider. 
So we've touched on the types of mortgages and the difference between pre-approval and pre-qualifications. Um, the next thing I'd like to talk about is when a buyer has found the property uh, that they love, they've made an offer, the offer's been accepted, and a contract has been executed fully, and now they're ready to uh, formally move on securing uh, their, their mortgage for the property. Walk me through the steps, if you could, of what the buyer can expect from that point, from a signed contract to getting to the closing table. Sure, so what happens is uh, at the point that we receive a fully executed contract, which means that the buyers and the sellers both have signed, then at that point we will have the uh, our client, the borrower, come in and sign a formal mortgage application. And at that point, we will also ask for any updated documentation needed. So typically we need two months worth of bank statements, we need two years worth of tax returns, we need uh, pay stubs for the previous uh, 30 days. And those, uh, if we had been talking for several months, what I have in the file will then be stale, so we'll need to update all that documentation. And then we order the appraisal, and we start to do all of our due diligence uh, that have to be done, you know, fraud checks and you know those kinds of things that uh, that are required in the mortgage process today. And then once we have the file all put together, we send it up to underwriting and we get a formal uh, approval on the loan or denial, whichever comes through. I mean, typically in my company, if you're dealing with us, we know that it, it, whether it's going to be approved or not, really, at the pre-approval stage. And then uh, we typically go three weeks uh, from the time we have a formal signing of, of uh, an application to a clear to close. So yeah, it's a, it's a wow. very quick uh, wow. process in our company. We have a platform that's amazing. That's uh, great. Three weeks sounds amazing. Um, and again, barring that, I, I guess that's the best case scenario, three mm -hmm. weeks, mm -hmm. barring any um, glitches along the way Title or any problems. challenges that yeah. come up that need to, uh, solutions that might take a little bit of time mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, that's very good to know. So when you get the clear to close, um, I know it, you have typically, what is that, a 72-hour window, a three-day window? when you get a clear to close from your lender? Well, no, uh, you know, the, once we have the clear to close, then we start to move the file to get it to closing. But a, a lot of times we're ready early and the seller is not ready to move. Oh. So, you know, there's lots of things that, that go into that piece of, of how quickly you close from the point that you have the commitment and a clear to close. Okay. Um, so, you know, typically though, it's, it's a, uh, at minimum a 30 day, 30 to 45 day process. Here in New York, um, we're a little longer than most of the states because in, in many of the other states, as I said, I was the national sales manager, I've seen you know loans close in two, three weeks. And it, it happens here too. Um, I just closed a client uh, recently. It, it was just a three weeks from contract to closing. And uh, yeah, so it does happen. Great. And then when you go to the closing, um, wherever that takes place, uh, does the mortgage professional typically accompany their client um, at the closing table? Well, um, some mortgage people do and some don't. In, in our world, it's important to us to be there. We like to go from the very beginning of starting with the pre-qualification or the pre-approval all the way 
through to the very end and shake the hand at closing. Um, there is, there's only one formal thing that a loan officer has to do uh, at, the, uh, at the closing, which is to sign the, the final 1003, which is the final mortgage application. Um, but they don't have to be at the closing to do that. They can do that after the closing or prior to the closing, just prior to it. So, okay. Um, one of the things you touched on just briefly or referenced um, during our conversation was the mortgage crisis seven or eight years ago, uh, 2008, 2009, um, that resulted in some uh, foreclosures in the last couple of years for loans that were being written. Uh, that shouldn't have been written. Let's leave mm -hmm. it at that. Um, what should today's consumer know uh, as far as who's policing this at the federal level, the state level? Are there agencies that are now governing the mortgage process where um, people taking mortgages can have feel a little bit more comfortable mm -hmm. that things are in order and we're not going to go through something like that again? Well, New York State actually has probably one of the most onerous um, overseers of mortgage originations today, which is uh, it was called the New York State Department of Banking, but now uh, recently was renamed the Department of Financial Services. And uh, they're very, very uh, rigid and make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to. And it's the way we like, if you're doing it right, we like to have that oversight because we know that the consumer is being protected on, on that level. And then um, just recently since the financial crisis, the federal government put into place the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or you'll hear it uh, called the CFPB. Um, that's, that's what everybody uses that lingo, the CFPB is gonna get you. <laughs> but uh, the CFPB is, is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that is specifically put in place to protect consumers against all kinds of transactions that they're involved in. Obviously, one of the largest being mortgage financing, but it's also with credit cards and um, purchases of furniture that uh, you know you might get financing through, any right. kind of financing, credit cards, uh, paychecks. It extends beyond the mortgage industry, yes. but it includes that. Yes, and they're very, very rigid. Okay. They're the new sheriff in town. <laughs> Good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Um, okay, I think that wraps things up with our discussion today on uh, getting more information about the mortgage process when you're looking to uh, buy your first home, your second home, your third home, uh, your starter home, your million dollar home. Um, Steve, you want to give me your closing comments on uh, all of this? Sure. Um, I think uh, one thing I'd like to say for the people who are self-employed out there, um, that's a whole nother level of um, consideration. So if you are self-employed, the earlier you're getting involved in getting your pre-approval in place, the better off you are. Um, secondly, I think um, when you're looking to choose a mortgage professional, uh, what we call is a, uh, a mortgage originator, um, you want to... Um, really think it through clearly and find somebody um, that is recommended usually is the best way from your realtor or other family members that have, have done business before. Um, it's probably the best way. Okay. Uh, what should they be looking for like in the recommendation like a, uh, that they're experienced? Uh, well, of they course, the credentials, the, the experience and the credentials and uh, has a lot to do with it. 
I think people like to do business with people that they like first and people who they trust. And you usually can, your gut instinct usually picks up whether you like somebody, whether you can trust someone, and whether you feel confident that they will get the job done. Okay, that's excellent advice. And I just want to say that it was enlightening to me that one thing I didn't realize was that mortgage originators did have designations, much like uh, the realtors that we represent um, for our multiple listing service and our board. Um, and that's something that listeners should consider if their needs are specific or go beyond conventional FHA, the, 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 the regular type of, um, the typical type of mortgages uh, that they normally would be securing. Mm -hmm. So that's fabulous. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, I hope everyone finds this information worthwhile. I know I did. And uh, stay tuned again um, to our station, which is All Things Real Estate, brought to you by the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island. You can uh, access a copy of this podcast on MLSLI.com, our website, under the Buyer and Seller Resource section. You'll see this, you can listen to this podcast as well as uh, a full library of them. And I am your host, Tricia Cherko. It's been my pleasure uh, talking to you today. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. Great. Thanks, Steve.